Welcome to the Boston's Big Four podcast. New news about music and sports every week, sometimes. All right, we're back. Episode 82, Boston's Big Podcast. We have a special guest in the building. Shia is with us. Singer, producer, um, songwriter, great artist. So tell us a little bit about who Shia is. Uh, where'd you come from? How long you've been working on music? How long has it been part of your life? Give yeah. us a little backstory. Yeah. Um, first of all, thank you so much for having me on here. Um, yeah, no problem. Of course. So yeah, I grew up in Wilmington, Massachusetts. So it's about 25 minutes north of the city, currently in the North End. Um, I've been doing music my entire life. My mom taught me piano when I was three. And then I started picking up instruments when I was in elementary school with band. Um, by the end of high school, I could play like 10 instruments. And I was also at that point, um, director of my acapella group and also um, so a few band ensembles like jazz band and other instrumental groups. And then I went to college and that's actually when I started like really focusing on my singing like mm -hmm. before that I kind of was more of a musician um and then yeah in college I also was music director of a bunch of different groups and um I was also arranging music for my acapella group um so that's like I feel like I have like a very strong music theory base which is where a lot of my music is based off of um but yeah and then quarantine hit and I was like what's next because at this point I had graduated I went to BU for undergrad um I was one year out and it just felt like weird because it's been it had been a year that went by and I hadn't done anything music related and it was kind of just like whoa like what am I doing here mm. um and then yeah quarantine hit and I just started honestly messing around in GarageBand on my laptop Nice. And it led to me creating an EP that I released in August and I haven't stopped since. Like, I love it. I love doing it. It's like part of my everyday life now. Like, I can't imagine like what I was doing before this. Yeah. So when you were starting at a young age and you were the music director of all these different, um, these groups and, and clubs and stuff, did you how early, so I imagine you realized that you either ha were born with perfect pitch or you're really good at relative pitch. Did you realize earlier which one you were or do you, are, do you have perfect pitch when you, um, when you make or play music? Um, okay, so I feel like I have a really good ear, but sometimes I do, like I am occasionally like flat or sharp or whatever. I feel like it's almost impossible to meet someone that has perfect pitch. I feel like you can meet people that have good ears, but like, I'm not going to say that I have perfect pitch because I don't. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know exactly like, so I'm not an expert by any means in music, but a friend of mine uh, was a Berkeley musician and he was telling me that uh, people that are born with perfect pitch, which is like, like a trait in your ears, you can hear perfect pitch. Like, you know, it's an A, you know, it's a B right away. It's like colors. But then um, when you're trying to do things like tr like transforming that into shapes, I think having a good ear is better for that. He explained it to me that relative pitch is, you know that an A could also be, now I'm going to get this wrong, but like an A could be an F minor or an F minor could be like a C sharp or something. Like there's all different ways you can translate the same notes. And um, that's like math basically when you get down to it. And I think a talent that is, is hard to hone. So it sounds like you got that in, at a young age. And have you found like when you're making music that it's a lot easier to not have to reference other people musically? Oh yeah, hundred percent. I thank my mom every day for teaching me piano. <laughs> like at such a young age, she kind of just threw me in there. I also, um, I'm Sri Lankan. So growing up, I studied Carnatic, like Eastern music too. So that has like a whole different like set of musical rules and theory that goes behind that. So I feel like having both of those things growing up, it really shaped the musician I am today. And it, you know, like you were talking about like all those different scales and stuff and like Eastern music has like a whole different set of scales that like, like it's, it gets very confusing sometimes for people when I try to explain it, but um, it's 
honestly, I'm hoping to incorporate more of that into my work and my upcoming releases. So something awesome. to look forward to. So culturally, did you pull you, your drawing influence from a lot of that music? And do you use, um, do you play traditional instruments like from those areas? Yeah, so I actually took Vina lessons. So it's basically, I don't know if you guys know what a sitar is, but it's yeah. like a sister instrument to that. Um, so I took those lessons for 10 years of my life. Um, so a pretty big chunk of my life. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I also took vocal lessons as well um, for that type of music. Awesome. Did you ever, did, have you been, did, were you born here? Or did you travel there ever? Yeah. So I was born here. My parents are from there, but um, growing up, I visited like almost every year and then there was like a civil war and stuff. So like my parents were like, it's better to just stick here for a little bit. And the first time I actually went back was last December. And that was the first time in eight years that I've been back there. But oh, wow. most of my family is still there. Like all my cousins and most of my cousins, um, uncles and aunts, grandparents, everyone. And do you ever take time? Um, well, I guess you hadn't done it until recently, but what, when you're on that, that's like a 20 hour flight, right? So do you, do you just take time to like make music and use that time for yourself? Yeah. So you know what? I actually wasn't making music at that point yet. So like I just started um, this past May is when I released my first track. Um, and now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like so excited to go on trips now because I can just be like mixing and like producing mm -hmm. on my flights. It's so dope. I'm so excited for that. But that's something that I'm definitely going to be doing. How long have you been into the mixing and producing? So that just started like less oh, than really? a year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm very fresh to all And the singing it. just started too? No, I've been singing my whole well, you've life. You've been singing for, but you haven't recorded. Right. Until recently. Right. Wow. Yeah. It was just one of those things that like I liked doing it and I liked singing, but like nobody ever told me like, oh, like you're good until I got to like high school and like. It was mostly just me singing in my shower for like the majority of my life. And then like once I started doing it in front of people, like they were like, oh, like you can sing. And I was yeah. like, really? <laughs> <laughs> and then once you get that validation from people, it's like, oh, wow. All right. I can do this. For sure. For sure. It's huge. Yeah. And so had you performed like at, um, so you'd obviously been with these music groups in, in school and college and everything. Did you perform? uh on your own before making this album or, or EP? Did you ever? So unfortunately, I started my career in the middle of a pandemic. So I have mm -hmm. not had the opportunity to be performing live around Boston. Like I know so many artists have gotten that amazing opportunity, but unfortunately I'm still stuck here in my bedroom <laughs> like everybody else. Um, and I'm hoping like once things start to get better, like maybe I'll get myself out there more get more opportunities like that but yeah that's something that I definitely want to start doing as soon as this stuff starts getting better yeah, you think if the pandemic didn't happen that you wouldn't have put out an EP you wouldn't have really started recording music I honestly don't think I would have which wow. is crazy yeah so it was a blessing in disguise I guess <laughs> definitely I tell that I tell people that like every time they ask about it and I'm like honestly like this has been such an eye-opening year for me and my music and you know really like crafting my art yeah yeah that's big and um so you mentioned that you're going to school now while you're also making uh music so how do you find time to budget that when you're in between getting your studying done and getting your uh music tailored which can you can basically spend infinite amount of time on making music it seems like as far as people not satisfied with the mix or want, wanting to re-record things and we've said this with uh, a few guests before like putting things out is is huge so uh, at what point do you find like during that process you've spent enough time at a song and like do you have to set certain periods during a day to get that done? Oh yeah like I also work so it's just such a hustle right now like I currently have three jobs I'm also a full-time grad student and also doing I'm my own manager my own manager my own producer my own vocalist my own songwriter God like damn I don't have <laughs> no actually I really don't like my face starts <laughs> Um, I also just got a puppy too. So like, I'm oh, man. Really 
this poor puppy's not getting any time to be played with. <laughs> I know. I try my best, but you know, like that's like the reality of a lot of Boston artists, like, and yeah. not even just Boston, but like, you know, it's not like a full-time gig until like right. it starts, the ball starts rolling. So you, a lot of this work is like being done, like you're squeezing, squeezing it into your already busy day. Like mm. I like have school all day and then have to go to work and then usually I get home around like nine or ten and that's when I start like figuring out like what I want to make like and start like getting into my music stuff and then I look at the clock and it's like 3 30 a.m and I'm like oh, all right boy. like I should probably call it wow. Cool. <laughs> wow but yeah I mean it's the harsh reality of like being an up-and-coming artist and you're just starting out it's rough yeah it takes a team we've said this and I mean it's it's like you can do everything on your own, but then after, when you finally do feel that ball start to roll, you, you need someone to do your social media or at least sending out like contacting venues for the next show or something. It's uh, it, that stuff becomes a full-time job. It's hard to manage that mm-hmm. in the beginning. And that's, I think that caused a lot of artists to fail. They don't have the, the resources or the diligence to make sure all their things are done every day. And that's sometimes you can let weeks or months go by where you didn't write anything and now you have weeks or months and you didn't put anything out. And I think people uh, can forget about you. It's a, it's a vapid world these days with social media and everything. You can, you could be pop in one minute and then the next minute they, everyone's just looking at the next colorful guy. So it's a no pressure poor girl. Yeah. Not to say it like that, but it is, it is um, something where you really have to wear all the hats and be good at them. And it, it's, I mean, so far you you're doing everything right. I just, uh, it's just an interesting way that the world seems to work these days with music. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think a lot of it, especially in a pandemic and in quarantine and stuff, you know, it's all like social media. It's huge, like being a presence on it. Like I used to be someone that was like, I didn't really give much of a crap towards Instagram or anything like that. But like ever since I started releasing stuff, you know, like it's kind of like you need to play the Instagram game if you want to. Oh, like, it's grow. yeah, it's definitely necessary if you want to be an artist. For sure. So like I spend honestly like a lot of my day is like on Instagram networking with people, with other artists, connecting with producers and like that stuff is so important. It's so important. And it's like I know some people that like I don't know if I'm sure other artists have talked about this, too. But like I get some DMs that are like, hey, like you want to pay five hundred dollars for like 20K like likes or followers. Yeah. And I'm like. I like that. First of all, that's not going to give you real growth or real followers. Never, never pay for likes or followers. That's just not. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to give you a bunch of bots. (laughs) Right. Exactly. So like, I mean, there's a lot of like hoops that we have to jump through. Like you need to like be able to research someone like somebody, for example, like hit me up on my DMs. They were like, yeah, like we can get your music promoted, like on this playlist. And like, I did some research and it just ended up being all bots. And I was like, yeah. not good. <laughs> not worth it. Yeah, I think that's been happening. Um, and Justin Clancy did a big PSA about this. Shout out Justin yeah. Clancy. I remember him posting, he posted in his story, like a series of screenshots from different people being like, hey, pay a thousand dollars and Snoop Dogg will promote your album. And it's like, that guy's got 20 followers and he's not working with Snoop Dogg. But if you just send him $500, you'll get on some playlist that does say Snoop Dogg on it, but it doesn't, you're not going to get the views you thought you were going to get. And it's, it's weird, but I think there probably are people that will pull you up from your bootstraps that know um, they found talent. And I think we've there's certain people in the Boston area. Like I think Millie's often works with uh, upcoming artists that Mm -hmm. he just happens to run into in the studio. So, and that that's a big bump for everybody. If you get someone who actually is willing to, um, to invest in you. And I I don't know where I was going with that. Where did we start? Who knows, man? (laughs) Yeah. We'll invest in you. Bottom line. (laughs) We're going to invest in you. Everything's going to be good. Let's Um, navigate this music industry together. Yeah. Who would you say your biggest influences are musically? Like, which artist do you listen to and who do you think influences your music the most? So I don't like to label myself. I really like a lot of different, like, yeah. genres and artists. So it's like, this is going to sound a little weird, but okay. I really love Team Impala. Um, I consider right. myself, I guess, like, I'm more R&B, like, chill R&B is, like, my thing, but, like... Yeah. Again, like I straddle a bunch of different genres, but I would say like Janae Aiko is a huge influence for me. Um, a lot of people tell me um, Ariana Grande. Um, mm-hmm. 
and I mean I've watched Ariana Grande grow like I was her number one fan in like 2009 yeah like I've just do whistle tones (laughs) I cannot but I respect her so much for being able to do that yeah isn't that Um, like bad for your vocal cords it's really bad like almost like you're trained properly to do it and stuff but Hmm. um I also get Alina Baraz a lot um and then Claro, she's Boston based too. Yes, Claro. Yeah, she is yeah. Boston based from Carlisle. Yeah, so those are my main influences. But I mean, I I could definitely see the Janae Aiko comparison. <laughs> yeah. Who's better, but, uh... Ariana or Mariah? Oh, okay. <laughs> Who's cooler? Who's I think cool? Ariana. I'm a diehard Ariana Grande fan, so like. If anyone wants to fight me on that, <laughs> okay, it's yeah, on yeah. site. That is fair. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> what do you think was the whole Pete Davidson thing? For oh, man. I, I'm just like, a, I'm a goss. We're turning guy. into TMZ now. Yeah. <laughs> hit, hit me with that hot goss. Who do you think they would have been better with? Should she have dated someone else from SNL? Or should she have just stayed in her lane? I personally <laughs> loved her and Mac. So like, they will always be like my favorite couple of all time so celebrity couple of all time true but no that's fair I, yeah that was the whole thing was I'm a big jay-z and beyonce yeah. fan yeah i love them too yeah it, celeb couples that are holding it down i love that shout out ryan reynolds and blake that's Lattie. rare actually for yeah. celebrity couples to like stay together for more than three years yeah it is tough i feel like normal people don't do that either so that's true, actually. Yeah. <laughs> We're just not under a microscope, so people don't know about it. Exactly. So uh, what's in the plans off. next for you, musically? Do you have any release? Well, you said you're going to release a song. You said this before we started recording, actually. So you said you're going to release a song every month? Yeah, I actually have a single coming out um, down. It's coming out on the 26th of this month, so a few more days. Um, and then I have a few other things in store for the coming months, a lot of features, um, because I just got off of making this EP in August. So, you know, that took like a huge chunk of my time. Right. I'm right now I'm really focusing on networking with Boston artists, you know, creating a community that's supportive and finding connections with artists, you know, like just growing together. I feel like that's all what it's about. Who are some of your favorite local artists that you'd like to work with? Um, so let's see, um, Notebook P, um, nice. really Thank love you. him, love his energy. He's great. <laughs> he's super yeah, dope. He's, he's really good. Um, who else? Um, a lot of like, like independent art. I mean, I guess like everybody here is independent, but, um, also Hillray, um, she is an up-and-coming artist as well um oh my god I have so many people they're just not coming to mind right now (laughs) yeah there's a lot of talent it's too much to name there's gonna be a super cut of us saying that too much to name just like yeah we we do say that a lot (laughs) no but like seriously in my dms it's just like oh like you want to collab you want to collab I'm like yeah let's do it all (laughs) (laughs) yeah pay me (laughs) But yeah, something I think I like my purpose in the industry, I guess, is I want to, you know, increase representation for South Asian brown and female producers in the industry because there are so few of us. And I think I was looking at a stat the other day. It was like only 2.6% of females are producers or part of the industry in any way, which I thought was crazy. It is. I have to say it's extremely rare to hear about a female producer yeah it really is which i don't understand why i don't either i think it's just right now a very male dominated industry and i would love to change that narrative especially in boston Mm -hmm. Mm. yeah boston's been working on it because i think we there was um we had on red shades who she was on a showcase that uh they focused on like a bunch of uh, female rappers in in the industry and they they did um, I think that it was called hella black showcase and they all did a show and it was all female and and she mentioned on her episode that they all support each other and it's 
Um, and I guess this doesn't fit exactly your demographic of the Southeast Asian, but uh, in terms of in a male dominated industry that came up on that episode as well, like uh, having to navigate that and showing support for each other and making it a homogenous scene and not just like, this is the, how the men do it and this is how the women do it. It's like, we're all doing the same genre. Uh, so I think it's something that people have to get past. I don't know if that's something that is still a problem, but it probably is uh, inherently in the in, in just the way things operate. Yeah, I honestly feel like it's systemic at this point. Like mm -hmm. I have met up with people before, like producers in the studio and stuff, and I have still like yet to feel 100% comfortable there. Like I'm either like talked down to or like they are condescending or mm -hmm. like they act like I don't know anything about producing because I'm a girl. Like it's it's a lot. Being a female in the industry is really, really tough. And I guess, how do you think, like, going forward, what what are the what's the best course of action people would take? Like, what would we like to see be different? I guess I'm trying to think of um, like speaking to anyone who's in these production studios. Like, what is a what what's equality? I'm not I, I like am having a hard time putting it to words. Um, like, not talking. I guess like a general air of respect. I I see what you're saying. Like when someone talks to you, like you're not able to do something and it's very frustrating i'm unable to get this thought out right now no i, I feel you on. i feel you i just feel like there needs to be more awareness and maybe less mansplaining and mansplaining <laughs> that's a great word yeah you know, like like you shouldn't like assume that we don't know anything like right. a lot of us are doing this stuff on our own like we have a lot of knowledge and you know, it's more of just like creating that supportive network of people that, you know, support you and your craft. And I guess like in terms of the studio, like it's all about the vibes, like the energy, like positive energy is what, you know, fuels my art. And like when I'm in the studio, like I don't bring anyone there that has like negativity. Like that's just not what it, what it's about. Like only positive vibes all the time. Yeah, I think that comes out in the voice too. If you're stressed in a session, you could sing the same thing thinking you're using the same notes and it's just coming out different because mm -hmm. people are, you know, making you feel a certain way. And that Yeah, it's definitely important to be like as relaxed as you possibly can be when you're recording. For sure. Oh yeah. Do you have any tricks that you use when you're recording? Like do you bring tea or something into the studio? <laughs> yeah, tea is a huge one. Um, or like hot water, honestly. Um yeah, because like you're like if you're a vocalist, like your voice gets really tired really fast, you know, mm -hmm. like and I'm a perfectionist. So like I'm in the studio, like when I'm in, I'm locked in. Like I set aside like the next like five hours, like maybe even more, just because I know I'm gonna have to redo my takes like until they are absolutely perfect and I don't settle for anything less. So I mean it becomes like tiring for your voice and it's important to like take breaks and stuff. Mm. Yeah, we had uh, we actually just had on Bo Mel, who was trying to break the world record for the longest freestyle, Insane. and he he mentioned he actually did break the record, but it didn't. He sang that. for thirty four straight hours. I saw that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and he mentioned he put a post on his page out after that. He learned about like steam therapy and the the throat coats and all the different teas that can help you. Because um, I mean, he made it 36, 34 hours without even uh, any remedies like that. So. I think that can be, that is huge. Yeah. And his throat was swollen afterwards, but yeah, I got bet. it done. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like tea with honey is like, yeah. Amazing. Does wonders. So, uh, where would you like to perform when that is a thing again? So, I would really love to do like, I don't even know how this would work, but eventually like House of Blues, like, you know, like opening for some local yeah. artists. And um, I don't really know, like I haven't really explored a lot of like the live music scene just because I haven't had the opportunity. Cause there hasn't been one. <laughs> exactly. So um, I really, really love, there's this jazz cafe Wally's. I don't know if you guys. I've heard of right it. On Mass Ave, yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, I used to go there all the time during undergrad. Great, great, great spot. And the owners are so amazing. Um, that's a place that I would definitely want to 
perform too. Um, those are the two places that come to mind right now. But yeah, yeah. Dart Adams gave Wally's a shout out because he was saying that. Did he? A lot of, yeah, it was when we were at the LFOD panel. It was. Oh yeah. It was probably almost two years ago now. Stupid pandemic, but the uh, he yeah he was saying that a lot of people will try to argue that there's like not culture in Boston. He's like, hey, like go to Wally's, go there, go to these venues. There is really good authentic jazz there's authentic music of all types like all throughout the city you just have to find mm-hmm. the venue and there's so many little ones everywhere and um, a lot of hidden gems i remember the first time i went to wally's i actually thought it was um just like uh, like some hole in the wall i was like what is this and i actually like heard about it again and then like drove by it and people were like that's the spot and i was like that's the spot i didn't think so those are the best spots the ones that don't look like they'd be the spot yeah it's so cool i mean it's like those are the i Correct me if I'm wrong, but it's a pretty small room, right? I think there's like a few tables and then the stage is just right in the back by the bar. Yeah, but let me tell you, like, even though it's that small, it is always popping. Like Mm. whenever I'm there, it's like people will stand like on top of each other if they have to. Like it is just such like an- It's those days. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know how much of that we're going to get post COVID, but Yeah. Yeah. Do you like, um, are you a fan of like that free form jazz where it's just like scatting all over the place? Yeah, I love that stuff. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I it's it's really interesting because I think, have you seen the movie Soul? Yeah, I have actually. I just watched it with my mom. <laughs> it's, and I think, so like the whole premise of that movie, for those who are not aware, Soul, like kind of, it's, this isn't a spoiler, but the show the whole movie kind of talks about people getting into that like special place. It's like your sweet spot when you're doing something that you're really good at. Like if you're like Kobe playing basketball, if you're Eddie Van Halen on guitar, they get into like that little headspace and then they get transported away to like the, this realm where they're, it's, it's hard to explain, but I, it's something that I think all jazz musicians have felt and jazz is what they use to focus on like that character. Um, and it was, it's, I guess, like, uh, I'm really just asking if you can elaborate on how you felt when you, when you listen to music like that, or when you, when you make music like that, how do you ever find yourself going to that special, that soul place? I forget what it's called. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm blanking on it too, but like a hundred percent, like, you know, you reach like this point, it's, it's almost like a runner's high, like, except for mm-hmm. music and it's such a real thing. It's like, honestly it's it's a real thing it exists I promise um and you know like you kind of just like forget like it reminds you of like why you're doing what you're doing and like there are very few things in life that make you feel that way and for like for example for music to like make me feel that way like I just feel like that is something really special that I'm going to hold on to for a long time yeah, and I honestly believe music is probably the closest thing that humans have, uh, like, to being able to control magic, like, in a way, if that makes any sense. You can kind of get people to feel feelings, like, sad, happy, excited, True. angry. Like, you can make people feel these things based on emotions that you've put into music. And I think getting to that sweet spot and getting other people to feel your sweet spot is, and that's such a cliche, but, like, all artists like to say, like, if I can have affected one person with my music that's all i care about and that's really what i th- actually think that's in soul too now i'm now that i'm thinking about it i guess it is kind of cliche but i gotta watch this movie it's a good movie Ch- shout out disney shout out pixar kill it. <laughs> big shout out disney yeah no for sure yeah and i think like you know having like that support and like the network of people that support you is also like a huge component of that because like i mean i wouldn't be here where i am today like I remember releasing my first single ever in May. Like I was so anxious and it's just like putting yourself out there is such a scary thing. And like, once I did it, like I still was like anxious. I was like, oh, like what if people don't like it? What if I suck? Like, what if this isn't good? And like- Was that out of sight? Was that the first single? Um, Toxic. Oh, Toxic was the first single, okay. Yeah, and like, you know, I-, I had to like talk to at least like 30 of my friends before I actually dropped it. I'm like, guys, really? please let me know if this sucks. <laughs> like, because <laughs> I'm not going to release it if it is. It definitely doesn't suck. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but yeah. And then it turned out to be like my most successful song. So yeah. Yeah. How's, how have you felt about the, the reception to the whole EP? How has it been? 
honestly, it was shocking. Like, I didn't even expect one person. I expected maybe five, like my mom, my <laughs> sister, like, and like a few of my best friends to listen yeah. to it. But like, I release day and like release week was just so magical for me because I would wake up every single morning and I would have like 20 text messages and like a hundred Instagram notifications of just people sharing my music and it honestly made me so emotional um just because like you know you work so hard for this stuff and like you never know like who's gonna hear it or like how it's gonna be received and like it was like my first real like big project that I put out there and it was just so it, it was like the best feeling ever and like I did not expect that many people to listen to it I think in total I have 50,000 streams so far wow um and I got like 10,000 streams in the first four weeks of its release so you know like I mean numbers are just numbers like I care more about like the fans and like but that that's a lot because that's all organic too yeah so like you know it was like really encouraging and like it just made me want to keep releasing and keep creating because you know I'm doing it for the people that actually care about my music and you know like it right and now you've you know built up a little fan base like obviously people are you know so you got people who are looking forward to your next release which must make you really excited to keep putting stuff out yeah like I love my fans it's so funny because like I just like today actually right before our interview like I was on Instagram and like eight people I think shared my music like so randomly like at the same time and I was like my phone was just like kind of blowing up and I was like oh my god like what's going on and I went to see and it was just like a chain honestly like yeah my fans posted reposted me and like another fan saw that reposted it and then like it just kept going and like it's still my phone is literally like still blowing up for some this reason is, this is only the beginning right here <laughs> get used to it turn those notifications off yeah, right exactly <laughs> but yeah Change your number <laughs> But yeah, it's such a great feeling and I'm so, so, so grateful to like anyone and everyone who has shared my music or given it the time of day, you know, it's, it means a lot for us independent artists for you to just like listen to our music that we work so hard on, you know, without any support or like no label, no manager, no nothing. And do you, uh, so like with your family and everything overseas, are, do you have any plans once things open back up again to start doing some touring uh, like in Sri Lanka and Southeast, Southeast Asia? I would love to do that. It's kind of sad though. I don't think we're, they're probably not going to open up for a while just because they probably not going to get the vaccine for another few months or maybe a year or something, you know, they're like a third world country. So, um, so I don't really know when the next time I'm going to be able to go back is, but eventually I definitely, definitely want to. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I, I feel like uh, that's a unique uh, thing from a marketing perspective. You have contacts in another country and being able to go and bring, uh, like, I don't, I don't know how tried and true it is as a method, but if you now took, so you have a buzz in America, you went and brought this overseas, created a buzz there, and now you have two buzzes, like, compounding each other from different places, and I don't know if regionally that helps uh, musicians, if they found going overseas and then coming back helps spread you around more. Um, but I wonder if that would be good or at least just fun because I feel like going overseas is always good, fun. You get to use your converters and stuff like that. That's always cool. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I actually like even have fans. I think my biggest fan base right now, for some reason, Colombia and Brazil. I don't know. Don't ask me why, but I appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> Um, Colombia and Brazil <laughs> um it's just like when I'm on my Spotify for artists like it always tells me my top country is Colombia and wow. so this actually there might be a reason for this um I was looking you up and there is a Spanish Shia singer um, no way yes and because at first I was like this oh man and I clicked on it and I was like I don't think this is because I I'm a YouTube baby so I'm like I was trying to find you on YouTube and I realized that it was SoundCloud or Spotify so I like had to go find you there but I found a different Chaya on YouTube and I and I quickly realized this was wrong because I'm like she's singing in Spanish I don't think that's right <laughs> and then <laughs> but um 
But that might be why. If they're in Colombia and Brazil, I would believe that. But who knows? They're still probably finding you too. That would make some sense. Not just to, not to take the wind out of the sails either, because I yeah. your music. She's great. probably her music's probably not as good as yours, so it's I'm fine. sure they found it and stayed. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I, I love that because I think that not to sound like conceited in any way, but I do think America is a culture that a lot of other countries will look at like for like you get like hip hop basically came out of urban America and hip hop's huge all over. Now you get like there's um, where do they go? Grind mode cypher. They were in, I think, like Kenya or something. They went and go did a cypher in Kenya. And I was like, I, I mean. I don't, I'm sure there's people all over doing everything, but it's just kind of interesting when you think like that's in my mind, hip hop's an American thing. And then you go and it's just happening all over now. And I, I think that people usually kind of emulate American culture. So if you can go bring that to other countries, there is a huge market there. I don't know exactly what venues are like everywhere, but I, I think that would be extra fun. It's more exciting to me because I haven't seen many countries. So I'd just like to know <laughs> what's, what's it like over there and how would people receive this type of music? And then you're, you're uh, planning on doing a, more of a blend. So I guess, would you be performing something that's more tailored towards like the region you'd be, I, you haven't planned it yet, but if, are you making music like that for four regions, like one for America, one for overseas? Yeah, I mean, I eventually want to bring fusion into my music. Um, and I think that would be like the perfect bridge, you know, like it's almost like what, you know, like what Rosalia does and like, um like bad bunny and like how they like are such huge spanish influences in music but like it's like people in america still listen to them and like we still bump them at clubs and stuff mm -hmm. like and it's a completely different language but like it it's popping and mm -hmm. kind of like what i want to do with um with, you know with eastern music and bringing that into my music yeah, and that makes sense. And you basically just proved me wrong that people are trying to emulate American culture because we're really emulating every other culture. No, we, yeah, we that's emulate that's everyone else's yeah. culture. I was going to call you out on that too. It's, it's well, I, I mean, I was using hip hop as an example because I believe hip hop emerged in America. Um, but yeah. everything else, yeah, pretty much. I will true. say, I went to South Africa in 2006 and they were listening to a lot of 50 Cent and Snoop Dogg. So, so you're, you're right point, in a way. Point proven. So <laughs> there we go. What do you think America steals from other countries the most? Um, I mean, everything. <laughs> everything. <laughs> People, number one, I think uh, music, number two, and food, number three. Food, definitely. And then hair, number four. I don't know what, what we do different. I don't know. <laughs> America's just a melting pot. We melt it all down. Yeah, it's problematic, but it is. Oh, so, yeah. I guess we. It's not. I, I don't think it's wrong to appreciate other things, but yeah, when when things just get like stolen and sold back as their own, that's that's wrong too. So sensitive topic. I apologize. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. <laughs> um, so where were we though? Is there a venue? uh nationally or globally that you would like to perform at i mean are the grammys like too big of a dream or no, nothing's too big nothing is too big all right well the grammys i'll see you there in like give Word. me a few years Ooh, that's so nice of you to assume that we would also be at the grammys <laughs> I, <but laughs> I do appreciate it i love it i love it <laughs> We will Something. see you there. You guys can be my plus two. Word. That's what I'm talking about. Love it. Yes, we'll just I dust mean... off the carpet for you so you don't have a dirty carpet to walk <laughs> Yeah, if you were nominated for the Grammys, I would be showing this podcast to everyone in a few years. and be like... <laughs> be like see, see how stupid I sounded on that podcast? Like, this is a star. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... um, have you guys actually like interviewed anyone from Boston that's like made it? pretty big um I, the biggest one we've interviewed was flawless real talk he's from rhode island okay he like he was on this show what was it called rhythm and flow 
mm-hmm. with Cardi B and Chance the Rapper. And he's like, he's pretty big. He's got like almost a million followers on Instagram. So I guess that's how you measure someone's success these days. Honestly. <laughs> yeah, well, we figured that out with, uh, we know that 6ix9ine broke the code for whatever the algorithm was. And now everyone just ignores that. I'm like, why is he getting millions of views? And he sucks and he's the worst. Takashi 6ix9ine? So- yeah, yeah, no, I'm just saying, like, the... the can we like, can we not talk about him on this podcast? <laughs> no, no, but weren't you saying, like, the Instagram stuff doesn't always mean anything? No, you're right. I was using... It definitely doesn't. So, anyways, I don't want yeah, to talk about had, We had a guy from the Patriots on once, too. But uh, no Grammy nominees yet, so you'll be the first. Yeah, I mean, I think it's crazy. Like, I mean, in Boston, you don't really see a lot of artists that make it out of here like yeah it's big. a struggle it's really hard and i think like that's something that needs to change megan trainers from massachusetts i'm sorry you know megan trainer yeah yeah she's from massachusetts I think. oh no way yeah does nantucket count though what does nantucket even count that's like its own place <laughs> I feel like yeah you're right <laughs> she's from nantucket you're right yeah that's a different know. that's a different world yeah Steven Tyler. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I just feel like a lot of people don't make it out of here. Um, oh, definitely. I feel like there should be more collaboration. Why do you think that is? I just feel like there needs to be more collaboration between, like, you know, like, radio and, like, up-and-coming artists and, like... Definitely. You know, like, working with artists and actually wanting to help them. And I feel like Boston's market is just very much a trend-following mm. market. And Yeah. We don't really have our own identity or our own sound. We kind of just follow right. whatever New York or Philly is doing, you know? Exactly. And yeah. it's like, that sucks for us because it's just like, it's you're not really going to go anywhere. And that's why a lot of people just end up moving to L.A. Like, mm. I would say, like, half. Everyone moves to L.A yeah no like half of my music friends actually yeah them just <laughs> after like everyone moves years, to la it's crazy they're like yep i'm moving to la peace <laughs> like how do they fit all those people there everyone's moving there i was talking yeah. shit about la on our last episode and I you was were checked, i was checked on it but i i still i still don't think la is the best i i don't know i, I think it's got to be getting too crowded with all the musicians moving there yeah I mean, what's so special about it? You can do all that stuff anywhere else. I like agree. The beach. But I don't know. I don't know. I'm well, they saying- have they have all the big record labels and ARs there. Like we don't have any record labels in Boston. Boston's big record label. It's about to be a thing. <laughs> We're about to put it up. <laughs> yeah. And I also think it's just way easier to like, you know, form teams and stuff and collab with people there. Just because like everybody is an influencer or an artist or a musician. Yeah everybody's like they all congregate to one place so they can just network with each other Hmm. right well i guess that makes sense maybe la isn't so bad i got checked again (laughs) we gotta we gotta take a trip there before we judge it yeah no we should definitely do boston's big trip i think boston's big trip. we're just like uh, we're doing boston's big everything boston's big everything yeah we're doing boston's big judgment we're just gonna go judge things and walk around but um, an honest thing that I, I think should happen, and we've we've talked about this like in past episodes, like what is it that Boston needs? Like often when we talk about these things, it's like we know what the issue usually is. Like it's not always, uh, and not that there's an issue, but we have artists that aren't always working together. We got no big names to speak of in the past 40 years, really. I mean, there have been, but not like it's not I mean, like it depends. Guys. Yeah, big as in like, not international like superstars yeah, yeah we not like other those. cities like in the past right. 10 years like so many have come out of atlanta or like just st- 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 cities where you're like i know good music's probably going to come out of this or like nashville months. if you're talking like country music like out of, there's like ho- different hotbeds but we're definitely yeah. not one of them so i i think there's a couple things here we don't have an area that is like a studio that is a big like big studio as far as i'm aware of that people could be like just a huge other. building with multiple floors and just studios like yeah like yeah we need one of those at the front desk and like there's a good like good, nice glass windows big glass building we that's definitely need some of those i know they have those in la yeah just something that's how that kai that artist from boston he has a song with wiz khalifa 
that's how he got the song with him. He was just recording at one of those places. Wiz was walking down the hallway and heard him recording and would like just hopped in and was like, oh, let me get on this song. We don't have anything like that. Uh, yeah. So I, I think the other issue is that Massachusetts and New England in general is a very educated area. So um, music and arts usually are pursued in like a, at a loss for a while. So people who have invested in their education usually end up doing something like in that field or mm. a, around that field. So I think that does get a lot of people to sort of like give up on their dreams because they can't True. spend all that time being um, and we've said it before, like just being you, you got to be kind of rich and and not worried about anything to just consistently make music and really do it all the time as a full time gig. And that's how you see some of these artists come out at a young age. You're like, wow, they're 16 and they got three albums and they all sound really good. And they're produced by a real studio. And it's like that is that happens and that's real. But and I think in this area everyone sort of goes to college not to be like everyone goes to college but everyone sort of does usually do something and then advance to that next stage where they might not be falling back on the arts as a passion that eventually should work out which is like a weird I know what you're thing saying. to think it's a weird thing to think but i and i think that's what we were saying la does like la is a is a land of creatives and they all are working together all the time and that's why la is sort of seen as the hub when in truth, you can make anything anywhere. It really doesn't matter where you are, but I can see why LA being sunshiny with all the creatives, everyone's hanging out off their parents' cash. Nothing wrong with that. We hit uh, just making good music and good art and good comedy. That's the best stuff. Um, so I think that's, that is holding Boston back in a way, but I can't really blame people for getting educated. So, but I just think that that is part of the cause. It's maybe a symptom of, of the whole thing. Yeah, I also feel like another huge thing is just like, people here are shady. I don't know if you guys have, like, if other artists have, you know, like, referred to this at all, but, like, it's, like, nobody really wants to help each other, and it's, like, mm-hmm. very rare, because, you know, people are always afraid that, like, helping someone else, like, they're gonna steal your sauce, and it's just, like, I mean, like, nobody's gonna, no one artist is gonna do the same exact it's thing. The, it's just the wrong mentality. Yeah, and it's, yes. like, like just weird. thinking just like looking at it like it's a competition and you have to beat everyone it's like we can all win we can all win together like it can happen a hundred percent and there's room for everybody and i just feel like a lot of boston artists are in this mindset of like oh if i help this person like it's competition like they're getting ahead and it's like i mean if you're in it for the competition like i don't really think you're in it for the right reason exactly you're gonna be very disappointed yeah, another thing that I think we all forget about is like our worlds get pretty small because if you go on, I'm always finding new artists that have hundreds of thousands of views and likes and I'm just like, I've literally never heard of you before. How do 800,000 people like and share your stuff? Like I I just don't know how I could have never heard of these people, but there's so many people like that where it's like just because they're not the most famous person right in the moment, um, or like just because you're not seeing them on like top 10 charts doesn't mean they're not putting out great music and that other people haven't discovered them. Because we like to think that there's only 10 artists that can get a million views on stuff, but there's probably a million artists that can get a million views on stuff, but you just only see 10 of them because that's really what the charts are funneling to us. And uh, there, there is a lot of room for everyone to eat. It's not like where like I can succeed because I jumped on your head to, to leap up. It's not like that at right. all. Everyone... And it's I, not it's really not a competition yeah at all. It's, but people just are so petty like that and it's true that right I, I mean we've had people that we've talked to that don't want to work with anyone like they just don't think that it's worth it uh and it happens but i mean i can see i can see both schools of thought if you can get it all done yourself and it comes out great and people like it that's great but i think you should work with other people but i yeah you should also be open to working with other people at least don't don't just shut it off completely yeah it yeah. takes a village And it's like, you know, like when you work with other people, you're also exposing yourself to like their fans and their network. Exactly. It's just like- They're both helping each other. Yeah. It's like when we have artists on the podcast, we're both helping each other. Like we're not, it's just- Right. Everyone can work together and we can all win. And I don't understand why people don't get that. For sure. And I think like that is like the number one reason why we're stuck in this little rut. And also like the people that have- the power to like you know like really like 
pull people up from their bootstraps, like see these artists. And I feel like they don't do anything with their power. And it's like their influence in the Boston music scene. It's like, so like, they don't really have a purpose then. And it's really frustrating. Yeah, I, it's, I do think our city is changing though. Like the, the changes that we're talking about are happening. Um, because if you talk to artists like, um, like I mentioned Red Shades earlier, because on, on her episode, we touched on this topic and, and she actually mentioned that she's not had that experience in Boston. Her community and the people around her have been supporting her basically from the jump and she's felt like she's always had a team. And um, I, I've heard, I believe now, Jack, you can correct me. I, I think Umpa has said this, a similar thing that she feels that the support is there. It's like, it's mm. an old Boston mentality yep. that no one supports each other. Um, but if you're running in the right circles, people are supporting each other and it's hard to, but that's the thing you got to get in the right circles. And I don't like that whole aspect of it. That's true. This elitist, like, yeah, you know, it's like this elitist secret thing that nobody else can know of. Mm, I don't get it. (laughs) Like there's, yeah, it's, it's kind of like the same artists are getting write-ups all the time. And they're all really dope and they're all really talented, but it's the same, like, it's the same, like 10 artists getting write-ups every time they drop something, you know, they get a write-up or they get all these features on blogs and stuff, but there's like hundreds of other artists out there that are dropping shit constantly and not getting the the looks. So it's like, until you're in that circle, kind of, it's still, it's still a struggle. I feel like. Yeah. And that's why, you know, like, networking is so huge and also like the connections like it's all about who you know yeah it's true who is the who do you think is the best artist in boston right now and who do you think is the worst artist in boston <laughs> right now? i cannot <laughs> i cannot he always does this These he always does questions. this he I, tries I, to bring negativity out of people every episode I'm bad vibes the pot stir the pot i'm just <laughs> I just like to keep things interesting. And I think all press is good press. And I think uh, we should just get people. Press is good press. That is not something we're going to live by. Don't, yeah. Don't listen to me. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just trying to have fun. He's going to no, get yeah, yeah. in trouble. No, no. We're all going to. It's cross pollination. What's your least get. favorite song of all time? I honestly like don't have one. All right. No more negative questions. No, yeah. That's that's fair. And is there an artist that from, I guess you did mention art and now I'm just, this was like, I was trying to like segue here is, is there like someone internationally that influenced you that like you wouldn't, that like you came from Sri Lanka, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah. I don't know if you guys know MIA, but yes, she's Sri Lankan. Paper planes. Yeah. That's my shit back in the day. Is actually, she still making music? I'm not hip. I'm not sure, but right. I actually recently got added to Madame Gandhi, who was, used to be MIA's drummer. Um, okay. She has a playlist that she updates weekly. Um, and That's she added awesome. a few of my songs to her playlist. And she even like personally reached out to me on Instagram and stuff. And she was wow. like, you know, telling me that she really liked my music, which was huge. That's amazing. Collabs. Collabs in the work. Let's do it. Shia featuring MIA coming soon. (laughs) Oh my God. I would die. I (laughs) dream come true. Sounds possible. Oh, and you remember that song, right? Paper Planes? I believe so. You would know it if you heard it. Yeah, Yeah, I I heard it. I know the title too. I just can't match it like name to face kind of thing. But uh, I'm sure I know it. It's the song that was sampled in Swagger Like Us. I like T.I., Lil Wayne, Jay-Z, and Kanye. I'm sure I know it. I, I do know it. You know what? Yeah, yeah I remember you know it. it now. You know it. I remember it now. Um, but so that, did that style, like, is, you mentioned you're taking, like, a, a Sri Lankan or Southeastern, Southeastern style. Is that, is Sri Lanka, I, so to clarify, Sri Lanka is, like, the tip of uh, India, right? Or, like, the teardrop? Mm. No, so it's actually not part of India. It's its own country. It's an island off of India. So it's okay. A lot of people get confused. And I, sorry, I was just thinking like geographically, that's where it is, right? At yeah, the, yeah, at the yeah. Bottom. Yeah. 
Okay, just checking. Yeah, and it's but it is its own country then, just to clarify. Yeah, it's its own island, um, like off of India. And I, I'm pretty sure there's like a bridge or something like that crosses over the ocean that you can get to from India, but yeah. Okay, just checking. And is the music style there different from like the um I guess it's gonna probably gonna have to be because you're separated by water like from the the rest of like India or the islands, like in um as you get more Polynesian wait say that again like as you get to like the Philippines and things like that is that music style does do you guys have similar I guess styles in that like all Southeast Asian is that um I think there's definitely different niches like I wouldn't say like all of Southeast Asia is the same like I guess like it's hard to generalize yeah I didn't mean it like that but is there like themes I guess you can you find or like certain instruments that maybe wouldn't be elsewhere yeah for sure yeah no, it's really cool. Like, I think something that I want to definitely experiment with in okay. my future. So, and you mentioned that of the 10 instruments, you, you said you played 10 instruments, right? So, or like, yeah, like around 10 instruments by wow. senior year of high school. Yeah. And are any of those native to those countries? I know you said you play sitar, right? Or, yeah, or... I play the Vena. Oh, um, yeah. And then I like very briefly took like eastern drum lessons um but it's hard because like it really hurts your hands um so oh, are those like i've seen people like the hand pan right like with the yeah, different yeah. Oh, interesting yeah and that um, hurts yeah i mean i just don't have the hands for it like they're made for like these big like men that mm. like you know just like go at it but yeah i did that briefly Okay. Yeah. So I was just curious if like, uh, as far as playing the instruments, how many you you could bring live into those performances? (laughs) I mean, honestly, I would definitely need to brush up on a lot of it. I think my strongest instrument is definitely piano. I used to be pretty good at guitar, but I didn't bring my guitar with me to college. So, you know, you lose a lot of like that muscle memory. Um, But yeah like I would love to do that someday (laughs) that would be dope (laughs) if I could just bring in like a whole ass Vina into one of like my live performances I think people that would be amazing yeah I was just thinking it it would be so cool to bring that style because not only is it something you can hear but there's like a whole physical aspect of that instrument that people aren't necessarily used to over here right you can bring that on stage play it live things are always better live it's just like that would be amazing. Yeah, I would love to see that. Yeah, no, I'll add it to like my list. You actually gave me like that idea just now. So thank oh, you. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, are you a flautist by any chance? I was at one point. Oh, I was going to say, because I have right here a Bansuri. Oh, man. Oh my God. Right out of Chennai, India. No this way. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, I didn't play that type of flute. I played like Western flute. But I love that. Like that was something that I like begged my mom to teach me or like take me to lessons for. But there actually wasn't that many. I don't think we were able to find a teacher that was in Boston. Oh, interesting. I, I mean that's that's actually hard to believe. I mean we got Berkeley. There's the conservatory. Is yeah. Well, I just think like part of like learning the music is, you know, like learning it from the right source. Like, I would want to obviously learn it from somebody that is like a guru, which means like somebody from the area or somebody that's like very well practiced and knowledgeable about it um, for years and years. And I actually didn't really look into Berkeley. I didn't even know that they offered those lessons. I'm sure they would have been perfect as well, but I didn't think of it at the time. Yeah, and I don't know actually how they do with um, like as far as third party lessons because they as, I mean as far as I'm aware, I think they are a four year college. So you, I don't know if they do like lessons on the side. The students must, I imagine. I mean, I'm not really familiar with. They probably do. They they got to right. Right. How could they not? Berkeley, hit us up. Do you do that? Hit us up. Sound off in the comments. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, we should be talking to Berkeley more often. They're good at music. Berkeley's good yeah, music. we can. Uh, hey, man, Shout out we can we can get anyone on here. Yeah, we already got a Grammy winner, future <laughs> Grammy winner. Yeah, that is pretty exciting. We'll let you go, though. Yeah, yeah, we'll let you We're, go. It's, yeah, 
Is there anything, it out. Um, yeah, social media or websites or anything that you'd want to plug? Yeah, my Instagram is Shia Music. So it's Shia at, dot music, right? Yeah, so it's S H A A A dot music. Um, you can find me on Spotify. It's just Shia, S H A Y A. Um, I'm on SoundCloud as well. Don't have a YouTube yet because I haven't had the chance to create like music videos or anything like that, but coming soon in due time i'm looking forward yeah. to it i'm a youtube baby i'm i'm hooked on their that's, stuff that's the next step some music videos yeah for sure i definitely want to get some out there i have one planned for this year but we'll Where see how go. it goes with covid and stuff yeah world is unpredictable right now but thank you guys so much again for having me on here like absolutely thank you for coming on thank you for what you do for artists in the community like this is great Hey, it's fun for us. We're happy to help anybody. It, this is this is great. Yeah, we so, enjoy it. Yeah, love hearing the music. Can't wait to go to the Grammys with you. It's be <laughs> Wavy EP out now. Everyone, check it out if you yes. haven't yet. Thank you so much. Thank you, Thank you. Shia. Episode eighty-two. It's Peace. a wrap.